We're in the letter that Jude wrote this morning, and if you found the book of Jude, one chapter, let's stand together. We'll begin reading in verse number 14, if you're able to. Jude chapter number 1 and verse number 17 is where we will begin. He said, But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles and of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time, who should walk after their own ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the Spirit. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference. And others, save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling, and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. And I want to come back and look at verse number 22 to take our title for the message today, where it says, And of some have compassion, but these three words, making a difference. And I'm going to preach this morning on the subject matter of a life, simply this, a life that makes a difference. And I'm going to have a word of prayer, then you can be seated, and I'll share a few thoughts from this passage of Scripture. Our Heavenly Father, Thank you, Lord, for the difference that Christ has made in my life and in the lives of each and every child of God that's here this morning. And Lord, as we're commanded throughout the Scriptures, Lord, we want to make a difference in the lives of others. But Lord, as we look into just these few verses this morning and look at a life that makes a difference, I pray that we would take some of these things and Lord, perhaps all of them, and apply them to our hearts and lives, Lord, to be able to make a difference to those that are around us. And Lord, we'll thank you for what you'll do now. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Before I begin, let me say this, that our prayers are with the nation of Israel this morning, as they were yesterday, and at the same time remind us that there are going to have to be things like this, according to Scripture, that is going to stir things up for the return of our Savior. And not that I want war, I, I do believe this uh, right now. In a way, um, I'm glad that I'm not Hamas, because I believe that things are just going to be taken care of uh, over there. And, uh, but do be praying uh, for the nation of Israel. I have not, because of just sitting down to take the time, I have not seen geographically uh, where this has taken place in the nation of Israel, but we are praying for them. And then uh, some of those that we were on that trip with, um, it's their children that are being called up uh, from reserve, and they're actually in the um, IDF right now serving. 
And so we will continue to pray for their safety and uh, for that nation um, as this takes place. But uh, I will say this, it causes me to walk around just looking towards the sky a little bit, believing that the Lord Jesus Christ is going to be coming back soon. And so some things are coming together according to the Scriptures. And so here we are in Jude. It's easy enough to see and to understand that in this world that we're living in, I believe that people do desire to live differently, to make a difference. Most people want to be their own individual, but I'm amazed when they say, well, I'm my own person, and they do certain things to identify themselves as their own person that they just do what everybody else is doing to make themselves as their own individual. They become more like everybody else. In the Scriptures, I want to remind us this morning that we are called to be different and to make a difference in this life. Here in verse number 22 that we read a couple times, he tells us to have compassion, making a difference. And I would ask the question this morning on when the last time is that we actually made a difference in someone else's life. And as we look at this passage of Scripture, I believe the Bible teaches us on what type of life that it is that does make a difference, not just in other lives, but those that are around us, and in turn, it'll be in society. Because we have to balance this as Christians that are living here. I do want to be different and live a life that is honoring and glorifying to the Lord to be different enough from this world, but yet different enough to make a difference in this world. Some people get to be so different that they can't make a difference. They are the difference. And I'm praying that God would allow us. I I want to make a difference. I don't want to be this person that is born and lives and dies and no difference was ever made in anybody's life. You say, well, pastor, you know that we'll we'll never know this side of eternity, the difference that we make. And I, I do agree with that statement. People we come in contact with, people that we can impact, we can be a blessing to that may go their way and we'll never know. We heard about a man this week, brother Kevin dropped me a text and he said, hey, just wanted to let you know, we just met someone in the jail. Uh, I believe it was up at Belknap County. And he said, years ago, and that can be said now about our church, now that we're, we're almost 10 years old now. He said, but years ago, he said, someone from the church helped him out with some gas because he had ran out of gas and gave him a gospel track or an invite to the church. And he says, I feel bad that I I never went. He said, I need to get out of here. And he said, I I need to go by that church. Just help me years ago. Can I say this? And I I don't know if it was me or it might have been someone that's sitting here this morning. That probably wasn't even on your radar in the past week. But I thought here it comes all the way full circle back around, and here someone is saying there was a difference that was made, a life that makes a difference. What type of life is this? Well, we started reading here in verse number 17, 
And the Bible tells us in verses 18 and 19, it says how that they told you, talking about the old time prophets, that there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the spirit. Can I say, first of all, this morning that a life that makes a difference is a life that's different? He said, Pastor, I don't understand that. You have to be different to make a difference. I thought about this as I looked at it. Now, the Bible specifically saying here that there's going to be those that come that, listen, they're mockers. They, they look at what the Bible has to say. They look at what believers have to say. They look at what religion does today. All they do is mock and make fun of that. The Bible says that they separate themselves from us. I found out, and we've talked about this over the years, that there's some that, listen, they walk into Granite State Baptist Church, and then they say, okay, I don't think I want what you have here. And that's perfectly fine. All we're going to have is the Word of God. We're going to have preaching. We preached on that last Sunday afternoon about this social agenda that is out there today that says get rid of preaching. We're not going to. The Bible says that he chose by the foolishness of preaching to save those that believe. And we believe that preaching is important. We believe the word of God is important. And some will walk in and say that's not what I want. That's fine. They can separate from us. Not a problem. But I'm saying, listen, what's wrong with being different today. If we are, now think about it this way, if your life, if your family or our church is exactly like everything and everybody else, then why are we needed? I'm perfectly fine, and this isn't a message about our church today, I'm perfectly fine with people walking in here saying, well, it's different than anything I've ever been to. I'm okay with that. I'm okay. It doesn't have to be the same. If I'm the same as everybody else, you say, boy, I've never, I've never met a pastor like that. Good. Because <laughs> if I'm just like everybody else, there's no need for me. Aren't you glad we're not just a whole bunch of robots that are walking around here and everybody's the same? I'm thankful for that. Not that we don't need 200 Peter Chamberlains in Granite State Baptist Church this morning. And all God's people said amen. But guess what? I don't need 200 Kevin Crescos either. Or 208 pages. I, I, we, we, don't, we don't need everybody to be the same. What's the point then? I will say this. I do want to be right according to the Bible. Now, there are going to be those, and I'm thankful for this. Listen, I'm thankful that our church is different than maybe what else is in Concord. But I'm thankful that there are lives that are different than what is out there in this world. You say, what do you mean? Listen, why should we be like everybody else if God has changed our lives? He said that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Why is it? Why should we have a, a youth group and a bunch of teenagers that are different than what this world has to offer? 
They ought to be able to see, hey, there's something different about them. Well, I just want to blend in. One of the hardest things today for a family or a group of young person or that individual teenager is when they finally get to the point and realize they're different than everybody else. I'm talking about in a spiritual way, but to come to grips with that, that they're different. They read their Bible. They actually get up and desire to go to church, spend time in prayer. They're going to be there Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, midweek service. They're going to go to the youth activities. Oh, I'm not going to go do that. All my friends don't do that. Well, we're different. Can I say this? It is okay to be different. It is the life that is different that makes a difference in those lives around them. If everybody's the same, there is nothing to be looking at. The Bible teaches it, and I go preach, I can preach it right now. Hebrews chapter number 10 says, You remember when you were a gazing stock? You know what a gazing stock is? Just something that people are sitting back and just watching and looking at. You know what some people say? Usually it's the redneck that ain't seen it before. They sit back, they see something, they're like, hmm, that's different. That's different. You know why? It doesn't blend in with everything. I'll go on record once again today saying I'm okay with our church being different. Hey, they walk in. Hey, I've never sang songs like that before. It's okay that it's different. I didn't come to a rock concert this morning. Came to church. Well, that's just different, not what I'm used to. Show me where it's wrong in the Bible. I'm okay with, listen, we get up, preaching's a little bit different, and, and singing's a little bit different, reading's a little bit different. I'm okay with it being different. If people can walk in here and get what they get down the street, then why walk in? You say, well, we got lives that are different. They ought to be different. We ought to have marriages that are different. We ought to have families that are different. We ought to have fellowship that is different. I just don't do some things. You know why? Because I'm different. There's some places I don't hang around because I'm different. Well, pastor, you ought to just blend in with everybody. I can't blend in with everybody. Sometimes it's like taking a square peg and putting it in a round hole. Well, it's just different. And all God's people say, you're right, you are different. What's wrong with having a life that's different? Hey, how are we going to make a difference if we're not different? You all know the same thing I know. That You know what insanity is, just doing the same thing over and over and over and then hoping for a different result. What's wrong with being different in this world? I believe this world, listen to me, I believe this world around us is looking for something and someone and a church that is different than what the status quo is out there that preaches the word of God, that loves people, that says we're going to be true to the Lord and we're going to make a difference. I believe your marriage ought to be different. Listen, you don't have to fall into the, the snares and the traps and everything that this world has to do. Listen, it is okay to be married today and not be cheating on each other. It is okay today not to be running around or on your phone looking at stuff that's impure. It is okay to stay pure and holy today. Listen, young people, it is okay that you don't have to go through a rebellious phase against your, your church and your parents and your pastor and the things of God. It is okay. You say, well, that's different. 
It's about time we make different the new norm. And I'm talking spiritually. Hey, it's okay when those friends that come along and they say, hey, this is, you need to talk this way. And you need to say this. No, I don't do that. Why? Well, I'm different. Isn't it amazing in every area of society today, they want to embrace different, except when that difference is I'm going to live according to the Bible? I'm like, hey, embrace that too. You mean you're going to get up, listen, these teenagers, and I commend them, were on the bus 6 o'clock yesterday morning go to Connecticut. It was a very quiet ride going to Connecticut yesterday morning. <laughs> then we get down on 495, and I'm telling you, some of that road, and I hit, I hit my head up on the visor. Some of those roads we hit going across those bridges. I said, everybody's awake now, aren't they? 6 o'clock yesterday morning. They weren't complaining. Hey, we were happy. We had a great time. You say, well, that's different. What's wrong with it? Not a thing. Not a thing. Hey, listen, if we're going to make a difference, a life that makes a difference is a life that is different. I'll take it a step further and say it ought not to be that different inside of our church, though. I'm talking about teenagers sit over here, teenagers sit over here. Listen, we all ought to be living for the Lord. They ought to be able to walk in here living for God, and it's not different. They ought to be able to be reading their Bible, talking about the things of God, praying together, and it's not looked down upon, it's not laughed at, it's not ridiculed, but it's reality. A life that makes a difference is a life that's different. I'm okay with being different. But then I also notice this, a life that makes a difference is a life that declares hope for eternity. Verse number 21, he says, Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. You say, how in the world does this make a difference today? Go ahead and turn on any news program today. Go ahead and read any news article today and tell me what hope there is that's being declared. None whatsoever. You say, this world is falling apart. Yes, but I'll say this. According to the Bible, it's not falling apart. It's all falling into place. And here's what this world is primed for today is for someone to stand up and say, listen, there is hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. There is some hope today. It's not all doom and gloom. It's not. You say, well, you haven't seen my checkbook. You haven't seen the stock market. You haven't seen my 401k. You haven't seen my gas gauge. Hey, it's not all doom and gloom in God's world. There's still hope today. And you know something? When you actually start talking to someone and start giving them a little bit of hope, listen, families, there is hope for raising kids today. Marriages, there is hope for staying together, but it's not going to be on what this world is preaching and what this world is offering, but it's going to be found right between these covers today. There is hope. Not everything has to fall apart. It doesn't have to. There is hope. Now, listen, I am preaching this in the midst, and I, I, I don't know how many conversations I, I could, probably five this week that it is absolutely everything that they try. Everything. They're, they're doing what's right. 
They're serving the Lord, and it seems like every time they turn around, I'd quit turning around after a certain point. Every time they turn around, I don't know how many, y'all, y'all, y'all understand this, this phrase I'm getting ready to use, they get sucker punched. Y'all, y'all understand that, that term? Y'all get that? They are trying. They are doing what's right. They are serving the Lord. They are in the will of God. And listen, I'm talking from one moment to the next. Boy, everything seems great. And then they turn around. Wham! I feel like this week, hey, it's been, it's been conversation after conversation after It's going to be okay. It's going to be Just go ahead and put one more foot in front of the other one. Just keep stepping forward. You say, but man, I, I take one step forward, feel like I get knocked back five. And then I got to step forward again. Hey, there is hope. There is. You will not walk in Granite State Baptist Church, and by God's grace, you'll never hear the message that there's no more hope. You'll never hear it. You say, why is that? Because I, by, by God's grace and by his command, I have to preach the Bible. Novel idea for being in church, isn't it? I've got to preach the Bible. And the Bible never gets to the point that there's no more hope. Unless you're without Christ. Then there's coming a time you don't have hope. But that's not even till after you draw your last breath. As long as you're breathing, there's still hope. And listen, you say, well, everything could fall apart here in this world. Yes, but we have eternal life that's waiting for us. We have heaven. You say, listen, let all of this fall apart. We got heaven waiting for us. Now you tell me how much more hope we need than just Jesus and eternal life. Listen, a life that makes a difference. Just start going to people in the community. Just start talking with people that have no hope and start giving them hope. That's a life that'll make a difference. Do you know where it gets detrimental in our world? Listen, it gets detrimental. I'll, I'll talk about it in marriages and uh, in, in families, in addiction recovery, in, in those type of situations. When someone gets to the point that they have no hope whatsoever, no hope. Do you understand what we're trying to do? In every one of those situations, just try to come alongside and say, look, there is hope. There is hope. Marriages. Hey, there's hope. With kids, I'm not going to ask how many have been there. The context of kids and the phrase, there's no hope. (laughs) I will give you this personal example. When my son was five, six, seven years old, he hasn't been, always been as perfect as what he is now. And, uh, Miss Crystal would absolutely pull her hair out. I'm surprised she has any left today. Absolutely pull her hair out. And she looked at me one day, and she she was about to come unglued. And she said, there's no hope. Our son, he's seven years old at the time, okay? I mean, seven years old. Our son, he's going to end up in prison or a boy's home or something one of these days. I said, Tried to do it without laughing, Brother David. (laughs) Relax. He's seven years old. So he didn't clean his room. That's not not putting him in a boy's home or ended up in prison someday, okay? 
There's no hope. I'm not going to ask how many have been there. Wives, husband comes home after a long day at work. All right, they're yours. There's no hope whatsoever. I did mention on Thursday night, I was surprised on how early the ladies got here for the ladies' retreat to be able to leave and jump in the van and say, all right, they're yours. There's no hope. I'm gone for the weekend. I'm heading up north. I asked Brother Drury. I said, things went pretty well. He said, I'll take your word for it. I ain't heard from my wife. I said, she might not be coming back till next week sometime. <laughs> you never know. Start declaring hope to people. Hey, listen, we have the hope of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why not take that message to those that are around us? Listen, not only is it hope for eternity, but I just looked starting in verse number 22. It says, and if some have compassion, making a difference, verse 23, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. A life that makes a difference is a life that delivers from doom. You say, what do you mean? Making a difference in someone's life. Do you understand the greatest difference that we can make in someone's life is to deliver them from eternal damnation separated from God? That's the greatest hope. We talk about it. Listen, the blessed hope of the believer is that Jesus is coming back and we are eternally with him. There's some that don't have that blessed hope this morning. There's some that don't have it. If they were to die right now, listen, they're eternally separated. And the Bible's teaching, listen, you want a life that makes a difference? Snatch someone out of the fire and deliver them from eternal doom separated from God. Boy, that'll make a difference. That'll make a difference. You say, Pastor, are we really able to do that? I'm surprised at how many churches aren't doing that nowadays. Well, I don't want to hurt our crowd. Listen, the most love that I can ever show to any person is telling them what Jesus did for them and that there is an escape from being eternally separated from God. We wouldn't give that message if we didn't love you. A life that delivers from doom, but then a life that makes a difference. Here's where it comes down to is verses 24 and 25. A life that makes a difference is a life that's dedicated to glorifying God. A life that makes a difference. You say, Pastor, just my small world, I can't make a difference. You sure can if you have a life that's dedicated to glorifying God. In everything that I do, I encourage our young people, I encourage our families. You say, well, how can I make a difference? Glorify God with your life. He said here in verse 24, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. Do you understand what I want? I desire for my life. It may not be, and, and, and I get this. I may not be the best pastor you've ever sat under. You just don't have another choice right now. I may not be the best friend you've ever had in the world. I may not be, listen, the best husband to ever walk the face of the earth. But I will tell you what I do have a goal that I want to push for, and all those other things will take care of itself. I want a life that's going to glorify God. 
And if I have a life that glorifies God, then listen, I'll be the best pastor that God allows me to be. I'll be the, I'll be the best husband. I'll be the best friend that I'm able, not because I'm trying to be those things, but because I'm glorifying God. And I want a life that's going to make a difference and a life that is dedicated to glorifying God. I want others to be able to see God in me. That when they look at me, I gave a devotion early on Friday morning about devotion that you can see. Paul said that in Acts chapter number 17 as he walked through Athens and then he started to speak to the crowd. He said, as I walked, he said, I beheld your devotions. I could see how serious and committed you were to that which you were worshiping. I thought, Lord, if you'd allow me, listen, I want people to be able to see, Matthew chapter 6 says it, Matthew chapter 5, I'm sorry, says that they may behold your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. You know what our desire ought to be? I want a life that is glorifying to God, and that'll make a difference. Boy, you go walk around in this community, walk around in society. There's not much that's glorifying God. Do you know why a Christian today, I'm talking about a person who's walking with God, looks like, and don't take this disparaging, do you know why they look like an oddball in society today? Because it's so different. It's so different. You mean you don't watch those things? No, I've, I, haven't, I haven't seen that. You mean you don't, you don't listen to that? No, I, I don't. I don't I've, I've never heard that. Well, that's, you're just odd. That's okay. It's another way of saying you're different. Peter put it this way over in the letter that he wrote, that we're a peculiar people. We ought to be different. Why wouldn't a family want to bring in and say, hey, you know something? I want to get my young people around, some young people that are willing to get up at 5 o'clock on a Saturday morning and go get in a bus and run to Connecticut, play outside under threat of getting poured on all day long. Hey, listen, did you come back soaking wet? No. The answer's no, okay? <laughs> the answer's no. Not just because I told them, but listen, hey, we sat in church service inside the gym, heard preaching yesterday morning and yesterday afternoon, and it poured. As soon as it was time for us to step outside, barely a drizzle. Barely a drizzle. You say, well, that just happened. No, it was a whole bunch. I, boy, I was praying, Lord, I need you to push that off. I didn't have the faith that the kids had. I walked around with an umbrella. I didn't, I didn't have the faith. I'm carrying an umbrella, and the pastor down there looked at me. He said, you got about as little faith as I do, because he was carrying an umbrella too. And he said, he said, we prayed, and he said, it's not raining, but here we are carrying an umbrella because we don't have faith in it. Hey, listen, why wouldn't young people want to be around that and say, that's the difference that I want in my family? Let me ask you something. How long has it been since you've actually made a difference? Your life has made a difference in someone else's life. I'm talking a good difference, a good difference. It's only going to come, listen, by the Lord Jesus Christ. I think about it at this point when I look at the front and I'll lose half the crowd. That's why I waited till the end of it to say it. 
when I look at a nice cold moxie. And on the outside of that moxie, it says, distinctly different. And I thought, why not the Christian life? Distinctly different. Why not have a life that makes a difference? Instead of just trying to blend in with everything on this world, why not have a family that's different than this world? Why not have a marriage that's different? It's okay to stay married today, by the way. It is okay. And it's okay to get married and not just shack up and live together. It is okay. It's okay to have kids that are coming to church that enjoy walking into Sunday school and enjoy walking into junior church. It's okay today. You say, well, that's different than the world. Why not be different and actually be different to change a life and make a difference. Maybe you're here today and you're not even saved. You never trusted Christ as your personal Savior. You say, well, that would be different. It'll be life-changing for all of eternity. And boy, I'm so thankful for what Christ has done for us. If you're here today and you've never trusted Christ, that's the difference you need first. Become a new creature. New creature. If you're here today and we are saved, hey, listen, why don't we be different in this world? Why don't we make a difference by being different? commitment to the Lord.